Good evening, folks, and welcome back to yet another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine, and sitting not across, but next to me on a long table is Mr. Luke Mueller. Want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Yeah, we're switching up a little bit today. Yeah, we are. Uh, we are live from Luke's in-laws basement. Yes, yes, we got shot into the basement. Yeah, here in Palatine, which, you know, that's where our friendship began. Exactly. In Palatine, right? This mm-hmm. is where we went to your family parties back in high school. Yep. Well, I guess Sally's family parties. Anyways, it's a little trip down Nostalgia Lane. Yeah, and shout out, I guess we could hear the dryer in the background of one of our last episodes, right? Got to be kind of a third member of the team. This this week, you'll probably notice the hum of a really large freezer. We got the freezer. Yep. And uh, I'm having some... Some kind of wintry allergies, not really sure what's going on, so I also might be sniffling and sound a little subpar, so we're just going to have to push through all these additional noises that we have. We're going to push through just like the Packers are going to push through all those injuries, right, Devin? Ooh, Look at that. Did Look you guys at that. see that, man? Ooh. I'm usually the one with the little cheesy uh, <laughs> cheesy transitions, but Luke, I got come you. and clutch. I got you. I like it. All right, so there was a football game we should talk about. Yeah, I suppose. Oh. <sighs> Those Vikings. Don't hate them like the Seahawks. They're annoying, though. But yeah, I sure don't like them. No. No, neither do I. Neither do I. So, for those of you who missed the game, the uh, our beloved Green Bay Packers took the L against the Vikings in a, a hard-fought game. Uh, final score was 34-31. to 31. Mm-hmm. Vikings winning on a last-second field goal. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to begin with this one? Uh, maybe maybe we talk about the overall flow a little bit to start right because i think that was something that was very interesting um as most people around here right we didn't actually get the game we couldn't watch the game because there's this there's this team that sometimes pretends to play football called the chicago bears they just ruin everything they do they really do uh (laughs) so i got to listen to the wonderful voice of wayne larvey which is a pleasure as always I was in Wisconsin. You know, it was it was a beautiful time. It was a beautiful time. It really was. However, that made it, if anything, a little bit more nerve-wracking than normal as this game kind of unfolded, especially us going down early, right? 16-3? 16-3 at one point, and then we go three and out. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Like, are we really about to saints this game up? Yeah. Is that what <laughs> this is going to turn into? Um, thankfully, the answer was no. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so we kind of dug ourselves a hole, which was something we've been doing a lot this year. Came raring back, right? Just got right back into it, took the lead. It was back and forth there at the end. It was a really good game, right? Like, I think if we were not Packer fans, it'd be like, man, this was a good game to watch. Yeah, if you're not emotionally invested in either side, it is a wonderful game from, you know, you get some great quarterback play, yeah. great athletic catches and runs after catch back-and-forth momentum for just a fan of the game, wonderful. Right. But if you're probably overly emotionally invested like we are... 100%. It's a little hard on the heart. It is. It is. And you kind of knew going in that this was going to be a possibility. One, because the Vikings always play as well. Mm -hmm. Right? Always. Two, because the Vikings are better than the record, I believe, which plays into number three. Every game they play is a one-score game. Like, literally almost every single game, right? Mm-hmm. They're also the only team in the league that I think was has been up by seven or more points in every game this year, which is a, just a mind-blowing stat. 
Yes, I remember telling my dad at halftime. I was like, they they've been up by seven or ten in every single game. Every single game. We're gonna come back. We're okay. And and we did. We did. We, we did, did come back. One hundred percent. I always refute that you can't come back in a loss because if you come back and tie the game, you came back. You did. You did. This, unfortunately, this felt a little bit like an old Packers game, right? Where at the end of the game, Aaron Rodgers does what he needs to do. And then defense just lets him go down the field, which we'll get into. That's not exactly what happened, but. Yeah, it, it hit me a little late. Um, so I was I was here in Illinois, and I went to uh, Dirty Nelly's my dad here in Palatine, which shout out to them. So I didn't think they'd have like the extra TV package where you could watch the Packers game if the Bears were on Fox. Mm-hmm. And they did. So Dirty Nelly's in Palatine, shout great out. bar, shout out, we'll give them their love. Um, was I going with this? I've already forgotten. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> too much Claritin yeah, for you too today, much bud. Claritin. Sorry, these allergies have really got me going. Oh, yeah. So, sorry. So we're at Nelly's, and it wasn't until like a minute five, something like that, when I was realizing, I was like, oh, my God, Dad. Like, we only have one timeout. Yeah. They're just going to run the ball out. Like, we mm-hmm. just lost. Like, there was – there was a disbelief. Like I was waiting for us to get that timely turnover or a sack or well, we did. a holding call. Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> but it wasn't until the very end where I was just like, oh, shit, we're going to lose this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And it kind of – there was that feeling of dread, right, once they got kind of down there, just started running the ball. It's like, oh, man, really? This is how we're going out? This is how we're about to lose this game? But it is what it is, right? I mean – We'll get into offense and defense a little bit more, but overall, like I kind of just want to chalk this one up and be like, yep, that was the game we played. Let's go on to next week. Um, obviously, we can't do that as the show. And we are right? not going to do that. We're not going to do that. But as the team, that would kind of be what I'm thinking. Like, okay, divisional opponent, better than the record, hard-fought game. We definitely lost that game, right? We had plenty of opportunities that we kind of squandered. I was just going to say – once you said the word game flow, it brought me right back to our Kansas City episode because it again felt like there were several opportunities right. where we were in position to make key plays that changed the game. Mm-hmm. And we just let them go. Absolutely. Which is heartbreaking, but I kind of the other end of the spectrum is like, well, we probably weren't going to win every game from here on out. When we won the Super Bowl, we were what, 11 and 5, 10 and 6? Uh, 10 and 6, I believe. You're not going to win every game. Right. And this is definitely one where you're like, all right, Kirk Cousins played out of his mind. Yeah, he did. 100%. I mean, you got to give him some love. He straight up dueled Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I think Aaron played a little bit better overall. But Kirk played one hell of a game, which he is capable of because he's he's that streaky. When mm-hmm. he's on, that dude can do anything. Yeah, he's captain of the meme, but he can right. actually ball. Like, there's a reason why he's still an NFL quarterback getting paid millions right. of dollars. When he's not, he's, you know, like Blake Bortles or something. But so it, there's a. <laughs> Tread the face, lightly on Blake Bortles. The face Devin's giving me. I still think he should be QB2 over Jordan Love, but that's for another episode. Oh, come on. Anyways, let's get into it a little bit, shall we? I think we might as well just jump in at this point. Let's talk about the offense. Let's talk about some good stuff. Okay. So good stuff in the offense. Good stuff in the offense. I got to start. I got to start my boy. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, four catches, buck 23, touchdown. The most important one was, though, when the Packers get the ball back with, what, 2.15 to go? Yeah, something like that. Down by seven, right? 
First play. First play. I think it was just a deep post they sent him on. They had him. Yeah, he just kind of came across the field, deep across the field, one-on-one. They were in trips. I don't know if he was in the slot or if he was one over, but he just had a good matchup, and once he caught it, like, you knew he was gone. Yeah, he just ran straight by him. Off to the races. Straight by him. Beautiful. Now, unfortunately, the Vikings get the ball back, and we know what happens after that, but I was super proud of him. I thought he had a great game. Yeah, he did. Speaking of guys that I've been, you know, pounding the table for, got to get a. It was kind of your love. game, wasn't it? You know, it, it was, except we didn't win, so I'm not trying to be, you know, too boisterous. But I got to give people some love, right? That's fair. Josiah Deguara, we've been waiting for him to really step up in the hole left by Big Bob Tanyan. Also, R.I.P. R.I.P. McHenry's own. McHenry's own. Did that just for you? I'm so proud. But we've said, you know, this is a floors guy, so we're expecting to see more out of him. Right. He caught an absolute laser from Rodgers. Oh, dime. Right before halftime to turn it from 16 to 3 to 16 to 10. Right. Huge possession. And it was a contested catch. There was a guy right on him. Mm -hmm. Great throw. Great catch down the field, which is something we've been talking about. We've been kind of missing from Josiah. Um, Everything's been around the line of scrimmage with him so far. Swings and, and stuff like that. So it's nice to see him get involved down the field i mean it's not like a bomb or anything but it's it was, still challenging right. down the middle of the field which is right. going to affect how safeties play exactly in future games like we talk about so much sometimes you just you just show something mm-hmm. and then defenses have to account for that look absolutely absolutely and i think I've, i'm just gonna get right to to my favorite thing by far in the entire game that beautiful weird weird play with randall cobb and aj Dillon. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. That was amazing. So for those of you who missed it. I'm sorry. You should look it up because it was a thing of beauty. My words won't be able to properly describe it. Absolutely not. So the Packers did go back to a lot more of this moving people around horizontally pre-motion, which Luke and I have been asking for. Mm-hmm. A lot of Packer Nation has. Where you Glad they listen to the podcast. <gasps> so that's Matt LaFleur. Or we're saying Hackett. Who listens? Let's go with Hackett. Hackett. Okay. I can hack it. Oh, God. <laughs> You should be ashamed of yourself. No, not at all. So, <laughs> by moving people around in motion before the line of scrimmage, you get defenders looking in a few different ways. It slows them down a little bit. You can create that little second of hesitation, right. which can be all the difference in a big play. You could just make the defender step in the bucket, is a term I remember from football, right? Just one step in the wrong direction, you're done. Exactly. Your your body direction is the wrong way, and you mm-hmm. won't be able to recover. So... It looked like Randall Cobb was just going like in motion from one side to the other, but he plants his foot at like the fullback position. Which is awesome to start with. So you have Cobb at fullback, and then you have Dylan behind him, like in a traditional single back formation. So behind Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's like an offset eye, basically. I don't know if Rodgers, if he turned and pitched it to Cobb or handed it off to him. I'm not positive. He handed it off. Handed it off to him. And then they like ran the option with AJ Dillon behind him, and yeah. it worked beautifully. Randall Cobb then turned into the quarterback running the option. I've never seen anything like that. No, neither have I. And it was a third and one play, and it went for like eight yards, something like that. But it was just the ingenuity is something that we've been calling for for a while now. Like we have brilliant offensive minds, and we have interesting pieces, versatile players. Right? Let's see something. Let's get really creative. Let's pull some stuff out. I think we're definitely going to have to this week coming up, but let's use all that, right? Last year, there were all those numbers with 
how much better our per play average was when we use guys like Tyler Irvin running jet motion or you know fake yeah. reverses or just anything to distract people at the line of scrimmage. And we had sort of gotten away from it so far this season. And the past few weeks, it's been ramping back up. That was probably my favorite part of the game plan for this week. I would agree. I would agree. Just kind of, like you said, get people off kilter a little bit. Use people in new, interesting ways. I mean, we have some great examples of, of people that can do a lot of stuff. Josiah is one of them, obviously, kind of being a fullback tight end hybrid. Cobb, we've done historically literally everything with. Even EQ had like a reverse yeah, that he yeah, ran for 11 yards. They're using he, him a lot that way, which I like. A little shifty, ran somebody over, but he got up, dude, and he was juiced. He's a big, tall, strong, fast guy. Great for that. You need people with energy on this team, and it was great to see. You do. You absolutely do. And, you know, just overall something that I've I've heard a little bit, the difference between – this is obviously very big picture, but the difference between the end of the McCarthy area, era – and the Matt LaFleur era is literally energy, right? So, like, that's been a huge difference from people that are close to the team. Just notice that new players, new energy kind of brought back into the building. And that's what I love to see. Like, even EQ, right? Like, we can all agree he is not the greatest football player on planet Earth. He's probably not the greatest football player in his family, honestly. It's too early to tell. It's a bit of a hot take. I think Amon Ra is probably a little bit better overall. EQ, I disagree. I got your back now. <laughs> okay, I'll take Amon Ra. You take EQ. We'll see what happens. The St. Brown family. But, like, just, I want to see that. I want to see more energy. I want to see people getting hyped up. And it's not like we haven't recently, but especially with all the injuries we've had and next man up and stuff like that. It's like, get excited, man. Get excited for what you're doing, for making a play. Talking about next man up, like, get excited for your opportunity. Yes. Right? Yes. And I love when I see other people excited for your opportunity. And we're speaking of next man up. I mean, we knew that Aaron Jones was not going to play in this game. Mm-hmm. Big critic, big criticism of this game pretty much across the league is that the lack of involvement of A.J. Dillon. Only had 11 carries for 53 yards. And it feels weird to say it, but with how this Vikings offense was humming, establishing the run to keep them off the field and get them out of their rhythm would have helped. Absolutely. Like, even just looking at the stat line for Minnesota, right? Very similar. Uh, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins and, and Aaron Rodgers had very similar stat lines, but kind of where the difference lies, A.J. Dillon 11 carries, like you just said. Dalvin Cook 22. I would have loved A.J. Dillon to get closer to that. I mean, he may not have to get 22 carries, right? But let's control the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I understand we got down early, so that's hard to do. It's hard to not panic and, and just try to throw throw your way back into it, but... Once it got closer again, like, let's just try to control the clock a little bit. Let's run. Let's try to keep the defense on their toes, maybe closer to a 50-50 split would have been great. Um, that's what I would have liked to see, especially A.J. Dillon. Man's a Clydesdale. Like, he's going to wear you down, right? So I want to see him have that opportunity to really go to work. I mean, he had a 4.8-yard average, right? Like, he played well, and he was a, a weapon out of the backfield. He had six catches. I mean, he's he's showing how versatile he is, but first and foremost, give the man the ball, let him run straight. That's what I want to see. And like you said, just let him wear defenses down. Absolutely. And it's not like the backup stealing carries from him, you know? You're not giving Patrick Taylor the ball a bunch. Four carries. Yeah. And, you know, that's fine. I'm fine with that, mm-hmm. right? 
he's not going to get the ball as much as A.J. Dillon gets the ball when Aaron Jones is in, right, as the backup. Give A.J. Dillon the ball. That's all you got to do. I agree. All right. On to defense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, you know, Packers giving up 34 points on defense. And it looks rough. It looks rough on paper. And, yeah. and at points, it definitely was. But I'm going to stop and pause and turn away from football for a second. Luke, have you ever had a, a bad day at work where you made a mistake? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're going to tell me that you are perfect. <laughs> guys, apparently my co-host here is perfect and never makes mistakes at work. They already knew that. You ever made a mistake you weren't proud of? Yeah, of course. That, does that sink in? Yeah. You're going to make that same mistake again? Try not to. Right, with experience. Mm-hmm. You learn. Yeah. You grow. Learn from your mistakes, right? Eric Stokes has had a phenomenal rookie season being thrust into the number one corner spot with the injury of Jair Alexander. And it was only a matter of time until he was going to have a rough game. Yeah. And against, in my opinion, one of the top young receivers in the NFL, Justin Jefferson. I mean, that was this game. Definitely. Definitely. And I would put Justin Jefferson at, what, top five in the league at this point? Easily. Yeah. So, you're right. It was going to happen. It makes sense to happen against Justin Jefferson, honestly. I would... And he was in position on some plays. Right, it's something that we've seen from him repeatedly at this point, and I think it's going to be what really makes or breaks not his career. Eric Stokes has shown that he has the ability to play the position. It's going to make or break if he becomes an elite player, a Jair level player, or if he kind of stays in the the next tier or two down. Which honestly, if he's our number two corner, is still fine. I'm not saying he's not going to be a great player for us, but his ball skills are not very good. I would say no. His adjustments to the ball in the air has he doesn't seem to know where the ball is. He he doesn't track the ball super well. And I know, if I remember right, he was a running back in college or in high school, so he's new to the position still. This is only his like fifth year playing the position, so some of that may come. But I think that's the one thing holding him back at this point. And like we said, we're talking about a little over halfway through his rookie year. He's playing great. He's playing better than I think any of us could have expected. That's just the one piece. It's going to kind of hold them back potentially that I really want to see him work on in the off season. Cause I think it's going to have to be something like that. I don't think he's just going to flip the switch and all of a sudden start catching a bunch of interceptions next week. I don't think it's going to work that way, but he is sticky in man coverage. And I, I like that. I like that. He's always there for the most part. He got burned by Justin Jefferson a couple of times, but like who doesn't right? I think at least one of them was a double move and he just, he just yeah couldn't stay with wasn't there, which like you said, it's going to happen. It happens to the best of them. Jair's gotten beat. It happens. I bet you if we would take the time to watch that historic 2010 campaign, I bet you we could find several times where Sam Shields got burned. Absolutely. And then he learned from those mistakes. That's the way it works. And if I'm not yeah. mistaken, he had a few good plays in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah he was definitely useful, right? So... Well, like you said, I'm not expecting him to have a full 360. No. I think that taking lumps in this game is going to help us down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Help him down the stretch. I hope so, which will help us, especially given how important he he has become. He's been, like you said, thrust into that position. Um, But yeah, like I said, I think that's the only thing holding him back, which it's going to happen, right? Corners get beat every week, right? Great corners get beat. 
It's it's what you do to learn from that, and it's how do you react to it. You got to have a very very short memory, which he has shown he already has. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried about that. But I'm very interested to see, especially this week, what he does with that. How does he look? Because he's going to have some challenges. We'll get into it, but yeah, he's either going up against Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham Jr. So he's going to have to strap up. Yeah, yeah, and I expect him. I expect him to. Staying in the secondary, Darnell Savage had should have been two interceptions, uh, maybe three. Yeah, one of them was called back for a just a boneheaded hit to the head by Kingsley Kiki yeah, in was, the first quarter. That, that was disappointing. Would have taken away a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So that's seven points right there. And then there was one after Marquez's touchdown. I think he was looking for Jefferson deep. It, it doesn't matter who he's looking for, but Savage was right there and just couldn't complete the catch. Should have been a pick. Would have. I don't want to say ended the game. But pretty but much ended the game. With yeah. how we were rolling offensively in the second half, I am very confident. We get that ball. We go down, at least get a field goal. Okay, never mind, Mason Crosby. We get a touchdown <laughs> and end the game. Yeah, I do think I just want to go back real quick because I, I think we almost – we take what I'm about to say for granted. But we were rolling, right, offensively. We were rolling because Aaron Rodgers played out of his goddamn mind. Oh, yeah. He was possessed in the second half. Right, which is – I know we're going backwards a little bit here, but I talked last week about empty calories, right? And like he, the play didn't really reflect the yards or games where he plays great and he, the stats aren't there. They came together this week, right? His stats were phenomenal. He looked great. I mean, he's a little slow start, right? Pedal in the toe and all that. But it's nice to have a little bit of a reminder. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy really is the best ever, right? And he looked like it. So it's like we almost take that for granted at, at times. If he wasn't Superman, we would have not have been anywhere near this close in this game. No, not at all. But that feeling you blowout. get, right? Complete blowout. But that feeling you get, it's like, oh, yeah, game's over if we get the ball. Because we know he's going to go do what he's got to do. Yeah, when we thought that he had that, Savage had that pick, I remember it was me and a few other Packer fans in that bar, and we just like jumped up like, oh, my God, we got it. Like, it's game. Yeah, That's I it. did the same thing. I started running around. I have the little 20 by 12 cabin. I was like sprinting up and down it. Do the same thing. Just like it, getting all sorts of hyped. And I was so, so depressed when I got called back. Yeah, it was rough. Yes, it was. Oh, Vikings. <laughs> Good thing about the defense, though. Good pressure. Good pressure, especially given the fact that we have no outside linebackers anymore. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jonathan Garvin takes a lot of exception <laughs> to that, all right? But all right, Jonathan Garvin started as, like, outside linebacker seven this year. Although Preston did have two sacks. He showed yeah, up. Yeah, Preston's been looking really really good, actually, in the last couple weeks, which is great to see. But it was down to him, Garvin, and Tipa. But even with what they had, they still applied good pressure on Kirk Cousins. Absolutely, which is phenomenal. I mean, those are literally the only three outside linebackers that played. And, and we got consistent pressure. We didn't get home as much as we should have. On one of the deep bombs to Jefferson, I want to say it was in the first quarter, where Stokes just completely misjudged and got burned. Kenny Clark mm-hmm. pushed the Vikings center like all the way back to Kirk Cousins. How Kirk got that throw off with any sort of accuracy, just hell of a play. Hats right. off to him. Those guys get paid too, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to... It's easy to forget that at times. But yeah, I think the... The pass rush was surprisingly good, and so this is something I've thought about a couple times, is it feels like we get a lot of push, 
but we don't really get a lot of sacks, right? And I think that's the difference between our defense now and our defense potentially if Gary and hopefully Sidarius come back. Can you imagine if they both come back? Oh, my God. We're going to get sacks every play. If they both come back and then Jair comes back, giving us more time in the back end, like it's over. Look out. It's over. Look out. If Tipa and Jonathan Garvin can create that much pressure, Z and Gary, <sighs> killing it. Death. Right. Killing it. So just a little shout out to them. Great job outside linebackers. Yeah, guys really stepping up when given the opportunity, like we talked about. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's what you hope for. And it just shows how important depth is, right? And you don't know until some of these guys are tested. And unfortunately, this year, we have been able to test pretty much everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's been a whole lot of testing going on at uh, yeah. Green Bay this year. But like you said, people have, have taken advantage of the opportunities they've been provided with. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was great. I loved that. I love seeing some of those young guys step up. Onto the Rams game? No, we can't. As much as I would love to. There's one thing we got to talk about first. What, Silver Fox missing again? Yeah, Is that what you yeah, want to talk about? No, I don't want to talk about it. I was trying to be nice and not bring it up. But he did. And you know what's funny, folks? How much did we lose by? Three points. You're right. And Mason Crosby missed another field goal. Somebody help me out here. Funny, too. What does that math, uh, what does that math indicate, Luke? Uh, we lost by the amount that he missed. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I'm sorry for interrupting. You were saying? No, you pretty much covered it. We can move on out. <laughs> but we do need to talk about it a little bit, right? Because I think part of the... In, I'm going to say interesting, and it's it's not quite the right word. Depressing? Traumatizing? Sadness? Evoking? Okay. Okay. I'm just going to say it so we can get through these. Um... <laughs> uh, is he drilled that, like, 54-yarder, right? Didn't realize that until I went and watched uh, the highlights earlier. Yeah, drilled a 54-yarder, Mr. Bunny. What is going on? He's still got it. It's still there, clearly, right? Like, you don't just make 54-yard field goals like it's nothing and then miss short bunnies. Like, he is, he has a better percentage over 50 yards than under this year. So he's overthinking it. It's got to be. I mean, it feels like when he does a short field goal, right, they feel like wedge shots in golf. You know what I'm saying? Like They just feel like he's just nice and easy trying to not overpower it, get, just kind of lob in there, right? He doesn't power his his short shots, right? That's, that's fair, what I'm saying. Yeah, but he's not missing him short. He's missing him wide. Part of what I'm saying is it almost feels like he's taking too much off and losing his accuracy while doing that. Like, when he just steps up to the plate and tries to whack the hell out of the ball, he makes it more often than not. Right? That's what you do on a long field goal. You're saying he should imagine that every kick is a 50-yarder? I just... Apparently. Apparently, he has to. Mason, if you're listening, try it this week. See what happens. Maybe just don't try to take any off to increase your accuracy. Right? Because that's what he's doing. Which sounds kind of intuitive, because when you think about it, like too much power you're gonna miss right yeah 100 like percent in in a lot of sports exactly so i i don't know what's going on just my two cents having never really kicked football but <laughs> so those two cents are useless but I, hey that's just something i've noticed like when he kicks a, a short field goal right just watch next time the ball still only makes it like halfway up the goal posts he's not drilling these things he's not even trying he's just like a little sweep the leg 
kind of pendulum action going on. So just just something to keep in mind. I agree with part of your assessment. It's obvious he's not trying. <laughs> on to the Rams. <laughs> on to the Rams. Well, before I realized that I wanted to give a, a little shout out when our podcast first started, but we were too excited talking about our ambient noise from the freezer and whatnot. Our ambient noise. There was a holiday that just happened. There was. So I want to take a moment to say happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, and I speak for Luke and I both that we are very thankful for you as our loyal listeners. Each week, our number of listens have gone up, which Luke and I say that we're getting more people to listen. Maybe it's just that it's the same five people listening 15 times each. Not Honestly, really sure. Yeah, don't care. Just keep hitting that play button. Keep hitting the play button. We appreciate you. Thank you for coming back. And I hope that everybody had a happy, healthy, and fun family Thanksgiving. Absolutely. And if I don't say say this next, uh, my wife's going to kill me. But shout out to my beautiful wife, Sally, because she is a loyal listener, um, not by choice, but because generally we do this show in my kitchen. And she is forced to mute the TV and work in silence in the next room over. And after every episode, we immediately ask her how it is. And she is very blunt with her commentary. So uh, I definitely appreciate her little little short reviews after we uh quit recording especially after that one time where we thought that we were recording and then we weren't <laughs> or no we were recording we but were recording. It, it was only my voice and that was correct you're talking to yourself not ideal no so we had two episodes in one week she was willing to sacrifice the time twice in one week exactly she's the real mvp so 100%. also shout out to sally shout out to sally on to the on from one S to the other, from Sally to Sean McVay. Oh, Let's God. talk about the Rams. Feels like a little bit of a reach, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. All right, so we just played this Los Angeles Rams team last year in the NFC Divisional Round. We did. Packers pulled out the 32-18 to 18 win over the Rams. What do you remember about that game, Luke? I remember Devontae Adams eating Jalen Ramsey's lunch repeatedly, and mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey being very upset. Uh, when we did that little motion in and out thing, and Adams just ran out quick in the flat, caught the ball, touchdown, and Jalen Ramsey went nuts. And I loved it. A little temper tantrum. Yeah, a little temper tantrum, and I loved that. Um, overall, I was kind of surprised in that game that we looked that much better than them. We ran it down their throat. We did. We absolutely did. We looked by far like the better team, which I was I was very nervous going into that game. Oh, yeah, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, yeah. Cooper Cup, all those boys. I mean, LA's got some talent. They absolutely do. And so far, that's all they got. Yeah, they're, not not quite like Dream Team Eagles level, but they're they're not performing as they should be. Right. They're a very good team, and we're going to say that, and we're going to get run through if we keep talking like that, but hopefully oh, not. Oh, I mean, the Rams are the best team in the <laughs> NFC. We'd be so lucky scared. to compete with them. Right, but yeah, no, they they are definitely a fantastic collection of talent. Yes, I'm not sure if they're a fantastic team. Well, yeah. I know they're not a fantastic team. They've played the Kings' ransom to win the Super Bowl this year. They have. It's it's really incredible what they're doing. Uh, you could not go more all in, really, than they have. Uh, I mean, they're it's crazy. So the difference between the team that we saw last year in the playoffs and the team this year. In the offseason, they traded their quarterback, Jared Goff, for longtime line quarterback, Matt Stafford. Yeah, which, right, he looked great the first, like, seven weeks of the year. Last couple, not so much. He looked like he was still playing for the Lions. <laughs> which we're hoping that comes back. He's getting flashbacks. Yeah, I'm, yeah, let's hope he thinks he's still a Lion when he comes to Lambeau this weekend. Yep. 
So there was that move. Uh, they also traded for pass rusher Von Miller. No. Not a spry chicken anymore, but still has a very disruptive capability. Yep. Great pass and rusher. Great pass rusher. And then they also snagged Odell Beckham Jr. from us. From us, right? We even talked about it. Um, yeah, which I guess good news, bad news, right? And injuries are never good news, but I'm not sure he's better than Robert Woods. At this no. point, I don't think he is. Not in the system, at least, no. Right. Certainly not yet. I mean, maybe if he had more time system, yada, 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 right. But so I think we kind of left it out there. Because OBJ is number three, could be very dangerous, potentially to his own team if he gets really grumpy as well, <laughs> uh, as he tends to do. But so that that one doesn't scare me as much as it did, because I think that they still feel a loss from Robert Woods. Yeah, it's still a little, it's an L, not yeah. as big of an L, but right. you definitely feel worse as a Rams fan without Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. And now Cooper Cup's still fantastic little less help than they used to have. Very scary offense, very scary defense. But they are more scary than they are actually good, if that makes sense. So we're looking at the Rams that are 7-3, and three, second place in the NFC West, and they've lost their last two games mm-hmm. versus the Titans, who did not have Derrick Henry. Nope, that was like the first game without him. Lost 28-16. Uh, to 16. Titans are one of the... Maybe the only team in the NFL that's more banged up than we are. So yeah. that, that was a real gutsy win for them. And then they lost last week to the San Francisco 49ers, 31-10. to And I went back and I watched the film for that game, and the, like, LaFleur, Shanahan, McVay, they're all from the same coaching tree. Yeah, it's all, it's not the same system. It's basically the same system. It's very similar systems, yes. So it was just funny watching like our offense three different times in the course of an hour. <laughs> so 49ers last week were able to run a lot, jet sweep motion, get people moving, like we were yeah. talking about with our offense last week, and they just ran it all up and down. This LA Rams defense, which seems a little counterintuitive when their best player is Aaron Donald and you have Von Miller and all these right. stout guys up front. But, but I think they gave over like 150 rushing yards to the Niners last week. Was that and that was the week where um, Debo like played running back, right? Yeah, Debo had five rushes for thirty six and a touchdown. Yeah, yeah I, I wish we had a Debo. That would that would be helpful here. But Ronald yeah, Cobb. oh okay, okay. That was something you would say. Okay, I was trying to give you a little bit of love. Okay, I love Randall, but man, Debo is something else this year. So I do agree. It is definitely interesting that their weakness seems to be their their strength. And I know that Aaron Donald, right, is undersized. And that he gets double teamed a lot, right? Obviously, because he's a great player. But he is undersized. And I'm wondering if that's kind of playing into their weakness up the middle. Because that he's very good at penetration. I mean, he's, he's an incredible player. He's, what, a three-time defensive player of the year. Like, he's the best defensive lineman of our generation. Easily. Easily walk-in Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's one weakness, it's going right at him. So I don't love the matchup we have there with our inside. Losing Elton Jenkins this week hurts a lot more when we're playing Aaron Donald. Especially because he ate his lunch money. I mean, he destroyed it. I know Aaron Donald was hurt last year when we played him. Elton frustrated the hell out of oh him. Oh, my God. So that would have been huge. 
And I know they wouldn't have lined up against each other because he would have played left tackle in this game. But, yeah, I don't love the Royce Newman, Lucas Patrick, John Runyon Jr. combo necessarily against Aaron Donald. So what what our non-serious Packer fan listeners, which I know we have a few of them. I have a few doctors that work that listen to the podcast, so... Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Shout out to the doctors. Shout out. Much love. So what people fail to realize is that the Packers are without three of their day one starters in offensive line. Correct. Yeah, we only got two left. So you had all pro Elton Jenkins, who was supposed to play guard, who had to go play tackle because David Bakhtiari left tackle. And he killed it at left tackle. And he did. It was also all pro. Is still out. Hopefully we're getting him back soon, but there's no real indication when. Yeah, he just had, uh, what, a little cleanup. In his knee, right? I would expect probably after the bye, personally. But And then we had Josh Myers, guy we drafted in the first, second round this no, year? Second round, I think. Second round. Really big. And I think the key for Josh Myers compared to the rest of our um, interior linemen is th- he's a big center. Yeah, Roger said boy. he was the biggest center he's ever had. Like, he's a big boy. He's a big guy, which definitely could come in handy against someone like Aaron Donald. So we don't have our preferred starters across many spots in the offensive line. I think that we've identified Royce Newman at right guard is is the weakest link. He is the weakest link. You're correct, which is weird because he's one of the only two remaining day one starters. Yeah. The guard position besides Elton is a little weak on this team. I imagine if if we had our full complement of guys back that Royce Newman probably would have been replaced by John Running Jr. by now if Elton went back to left guard. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's probably what happens, but... Oh, well. We'll make it work, I hope. Yeah, we're going to see. So those three games where we did have Yash and I starting in left tackle, mm-hmm. we did a lot of chipping with Big Bob and Lazard. So obviously Big Bob is gone now, but Lazard should be coming. RIP. Lazard should be coming back for this game. So, I mean, look for a lot of that. They've been running... It's not lasting, but before that, they were running a lot more five wide than we would like. Yeah, they're doing a lot of empty. But if you go empty, chip. Yeah, keep one of those guys tight. But you still have to have someone going quick because, like, even if you have Lazard or whoever to chip on Von Miller or the edge rushers, yeah, the best rusher on their team is not coming from the outside. He's going to go right through your garden center. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they got Leonard Floyd, too. I forgot about Leonard Floyd. But, yeah, 100%. And I think, well, I don't even know why we're freaking out this much, right, if we're being honest. At least not about Leonard Floyd and Von Miller. Because if Lazard could take on one of the Bosa's one-on-one, I'm pretty sure he can handle Von Miller. I got faith in him. I'm more freaked out about Aaron Donald. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I completely agree, but, like, there's nothing we can do about that. (laughs) It's going to be what it's going to be on some level. We're going to double-team him every single play. I hope A.J. Dillon is ready for a lot of pass pro. It's going to be what it's going to be. Or Aaron Jones may come back. I hope A.J. Dillon runs it down their throat is what we should be saying. Well, we're going to pass eventually. Yeah, but like the, what, 10 or 12 carries last week was not enough. And what did San Fran do? Ran down their throat. Ran down their throat, and they beat the crap out of them. Yep, uh, I think that's definitely the blueprint for this team. Run straight at them, throw away from Ramsey. That's pretty much the game plan. Yeah, on defense, I, I mean, on offense, I definitely agree. Right. On defense, piss off Odell to make himself destruct the team. I like that plan. I like that plan. Really, the key is to make 
I mean, we joked about it earlier, but to make Matt Stafford look like he plays for the Lions because that's what he has done the last couple of weeks. So you got to get in his face, frustrate him, get a little pressure, knock him off his spot. We cannot let him get into a rhythm. And if Gary's back, he will definitely have a part to play in that. 100%. 100%. I'm really looking forward to this game. And it's it's a big game for like an NFC playoff it's huge. implications, right? It's you think huge. about like the top teams, the NFC, Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cardinals, I guess. I mean, we already beat the Cardinals. Yeah, right? but apparently they're never going to lose again with Colt McCoy. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> yes, for the second week in a row without... Kyler Murray and Yonder Hopkins. Yeah. Cardinals won both games. The fighting Colt McCoys. So is that a quarterback competition? I think it should be. I like that. <laughs> you know you know I love a good journeyman backup quarterback. Absolutely you do. Absolutely you do. So I don't let's talk a little bit about the division, right? Because I feel bad. What do you feel bad about, Luke? I feel bad for the Lions. Right? So we're going to cheat a little bit here because this is the recap from the last week and look forward to the next week. But they just played yesterday on Thanksgiving, right? As always, which I'm not really sure why or how that's a tradition. I don't know either. We were a part of it. I actually read something about this today, that we were a part of it for like 51 to 63. And then um, they were our only loss in like the 1962 NFL championship season. And after that, Vince Lombardi said, we're never going there again. And then obviously we we did. Um, later in later years, but that was kind of the end of that little streak for for us and them. But hmm. I just I feel bad for them. Like I want them to win a game. They're what? Oh eight and one now. Eight and one. Oh nine and one. I but they've been close in a lot of games. They've been like at least four or five one score games. Yeah, which just makes it worse. I think it makes it better. It's not like you're getting blown up by thirty points every week. I think they should have benched Jared Goff and gone back to our boy Timmy Boyle. I saw a stat about Tim Boyle today that he threw for 10 touchdowns and 23 interceptions his last year in college, and we still picked him up. Why? <laughs> to be fair, it's probably worse that he's on the Lions now. It's probably worse that he got picked up again. I love Tim Boyle. He was the greatest kneel downer of all time. I don't know if you'd catch that at the end of the games, right? He would go in last year specifically. And when he would kneel down, he would take a step forward so he wouldn't get negative rushing yards. And he did that all year until one of the last games. The defense finally took exception because obviously, right, we're up by 20 or whatever it is. And he's over there, like, trying not to get negative rushing yards. And someone started pushing and shoving, and then he stopped doing it and did the normal kneel down where you get, like, a one-yard loss every play. But my man looking out for the stats. I was going to say, I'm sure he was looking to the future. He was. Knowing he was going to be a hot target free agent. Yeah, you got to keep those rushing <laughs> rushing yards up. <laughs> Ten rushing yards this entire season, all from kneel downs. What other quarterback can say that? Hey, but the greatest kneel downer of all time. I fight every play. Yeah, every inch, every <gasps> blade of grass. <laughs> oh, Tim Boyle. Oh, oh the Tim Lions. Boyle. How about that report about uh, the Bears firing Matt Nagy that turned out to be all hocus pocus? Well, like, did so? Do you think it was real? And then once it came out, they decided not to, or do you think that it was fake from the start? You know, that's a toughie. So I don't remember the exact source, but the reports are that that source is like a reputable source, like right. it's somebody in NFL media, mm-hmm. not just some Joe Schmo. I kind of feel like 
he bought himself another week. I don't know how. That was a god-awful game yesterday. And they still won. Yeah, but they really shouldn't have. It's the McCaskies. I know. I know. I mean, all their brains can comprehend anymore is like win, loss. That's it. They can't. Obviously, they know nothing of the quality of the game, or they wouldn't continue to put that shit of a team out there. Oh, boy. <laughs> that felt good. Sorry, Bears fans. I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think at this point, unless there's an embarrassing loss, he'll probably ride out the year. Yeah, it'd have to be really bad. Especially because we don't know what they're doing with their GM, right? Ryan Pace. Do you really give him a third shot? You got to get them both out. They're they're Maybe, married. Then, they're they're hooked at the at the at the hip. Get them out. I agree, but you got to do them both at the same time. Otherwise, what's Ryan Pace going to do for the rest of the year? He can't be working on the next head coach, right? If fire them the, both. Yeah, we got to fire them both at the same time. Are you really going to fire your GM All right. in the middle of the season? That do, no one does that. Do it tomorrow. I understand, Devin. I understand, Devin. Well, time out. What Devin, we... you're the owner of a team, but not that team. Well, I'm most likely the owner of a The team. most likely the owner of a team, but not that team. A little, so let's calm a little down tangent. There. Should, should, we, should we break the news? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we talked about last week how the Packers were reopening this, the sales of shares. Yeah. And as promised, I pounced the day you after. Did. You did. So I made my purchase. I, I made my investment. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. I'm 99% sure everything has gone fine. So you, That's good. you, you pay. It's like yep. a four-step process. And it said, like, you know, payment accepted, payment confirmed. And then I was just, like, waiting for confirmation of the stock, which I was told could take a week or two. Yep. Haven't got that yet, but I'm assuming since they charge my card, I'm perfectly fine. Or somehow I, I picked a very similar replica Packer site and they just scanned me <laughs> out of my money. We'll That'd find be pretty out impressive, honestly. But I think we're almost bearing the lead here, right? Could this be the first podcast with two NFL owners? <gasps> oh, that's a new angle. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. Now, I think we may have to, to walk back some things, especially you just recently said, because I believe one of the literal rules of being an NFL owner You'll get this in your welcome packet soon, hopefully. Is that you're not allowed to disparage other NFL teams. Are you kidding me? This could pose a problem. No, I believe it means like actually like slander. Can I have my other, money back? Other NFL teams, because we're definitely going to continue to disparage other NFL teams here. Hundred percent. Can we define slander? I mean, I'm just I'm just speaking the truth. I'm just being honest. <sighs> this is true. This is. I true. know the truth hurts a lot of people, but you got to grow up and get over it. This is true. So maybe if the podcast ever becomes huge, maybe maybe we run into this problem. If, when? As we were saying, for our thankful <laughs> listeners who are either listening to it 30 times or spreading the word, we thank you. And honestly, either way, don't care. Yeah, I mean, we're excited either way. I mean, I probably prefer that you spread the word, but hey, whatever. And if not, I don't blame you. This is a very is niche the proper term. Niche. Niche. I think niche. You know, it's two Packer fans talking, mainly Packers. Yeah. We're, you know, we're sprouting out a little bit, a little right, more episode by episode. Spread out a little. But we get it if it isn't everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. It's it's too intellectual for some folks. Okay. That's probably giving us more credit than we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah. I mean, we could the uh, two-owner podcast right here. Look at that. Back to this whole owner thing. So, yeah. can I say that I'm a better owner than Virginia McCaskey? Probably not yet. Once it's confirmed, I'm an owner. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. I don't see why not. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to use that a lot. All right. 
Uh, Any other uh, news and notes for, for the NFC this week, teams that matter? I know the, the Bucks took care of the Giants, which is a real shocker there. A shocker. That was sarcasm, folks, if you couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, it was a bad game. Cardinals won. We talked about that. Yeah, the fighting Colt McCoys. Oh, Las Vegas Raiders. I would have not bet the house on them, but I'm sure glad they pulled that out against the Cowboys. Absolutely. Shout out to Hunter Renfro, helping out my fantasy team. Shout out to 14 penalties against Dallas. Yeah, good Lord. I think the one of the interesting things watch, actually watching Dallas is you come away with with one thought. At least I have. Like I get their CD Lamb, right? Um, Amari Cooper, they're out. All that stuff. So the offense isn't quite what it's supposed to be. Fine, whatever happens. I'm not going to give you any pity after what we've gone through. That's for sure. They're doing this weird rotation with their lineman thing too. Do you catch that? They were playing like offensive seven linemen. linemen. Yeah, they were they're like rotating multiple like series to series like the right tackle switched every series like th- that's ludicrous were they playing the that NFL bad label. or was it some fatigue thing i have no idea and i don't think there could possibly be a real reason for it that makes sense i know the reason what's that mike mccarthy is the head coach well yeah that's 100 percent the actual reason doing weird shenanigans but yeah the guy who got one super bowl for aaron Rodgers in one super bowl 12 14 years something like that uh, we don't want to talk about it I digress back to my point here Something that I think the casual football fan may not catch up on. Ezekiel Elliott is not RB1 in Dallas. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, man. He looks good. He's shifty. He looks good. He's got pop. He's got he's got a gear and, and a motor that Zeke has not had. And it's weird because Zeke's not old. No, the only pop that Zeke is around is Dipe or Pepsi or Coke oh, or okay. whatever, man. Oh, boy. He's uh, looking a little chunky still. But he's not actually chunky. He just looks chunky. He's yeah. got like a chunky face. But he runs right. chunky. He does. Yeah, he does not have nearly as much explosion as he used to. I don't know if it's injuries catching up or, or what it is, but Tony Pollard's that guy right now. He is the better running back in Dallas. And if you're on the outside looking in, you probably don't really realize that yet, even if you play fantasy football, right? Because I think they had basically the same amount of points. But Jerry Jones mentioned in a press conference that he wanted Tony Pollard to get the ball 25 times last night. 25 times. I mean, when he's got that explosion, I don't blame him. I know, but that's like you're, there's nothing left for Zeke at that point. Zeke is on the bench if Tony Pollard is getting the ball 25 times. You know what this dynamic reminds me of? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. What am, what am I going to say? <laughs> what am I going to say? It involves our, our boy UTEP. No, actually, okay. it does not. Okay. No, no, no. Because McCar- is- McCarthy and Aaron Jones, definitely us, both of us screaming for UTEP for years. This is a bigger throwback. Okay. Where you had one back who was bigger and more powerful, and okay. somebody who was supposed to be shifty, go out yeah. of the backfield. Okay. Ready for another throwback, Packer fans? We're going to go. I'm sure everybody loves our random Packers running back talk that we do every episode at this point. We keep it to like five minutes at most. Okay. Eddie Lacy. Yeah. Versus, yeah, Jonathan Franklin, man, R.I.P. Dude, uh, he that that one, one, game one game against Cincinnati. Against Cincinnati. Oh my God, he was great coming out of UCLA. That boy looked good. He's everything I wanted him to be for one game. He was absolutely wonderful. I remember telling one of our friends, I was like, "Dude, he's gonna be so much better than Eddie Lacy," and he's like, "No, no there's no way." And then for one game, he was, and he then was. he died. He didn't actually die. I'm dramatic. He. Hurt his neck or yeah, he had or a neck injury because Packers always have neck injuries. Yeah, yeah, there was like 
one a year for at least six years. Yeah, it was a rough time. It was a rough time to be a Packer fan. But yeah, Jonathan Franklin. Yeah, it's a, he looked great, man. But yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard definitely has the pop. He does. I I think he's just overall the better running back. I mean, they're doing, they're even doing um, Wildcat with him, which I thought was interesting. Not with Zeke. I mean, Zeke was in the game for some of it, but he was the one running the Wildcat. He's their kick returner. I mean, he he's the guy. I mean, with the Wildcat, it's a lot of read and wait. Right. Right. You don't necessarily just shoot through a hole. You have to you take a few steps and you kind of see like what's open. You know who would be really good at the Wildcat? Le'Veon Bell when he was actually good because he was a very patient runner. Incredibly patient. You have to be patient, but then you also have to make that quick first step. Mm-hmm. And lateral movement also has to be a strength. Correct. So Zeke does not have very good lateral movement. Which is weird. We're talking about him like he's old and washed, and he probably is at least half of that, but getting close to it anyways. But he's not old. Zeke's not an old running back. I think of him as like a B right now. He used to be like an A, like elite. He's like a B for me right now. That's what happened. But I think that's part of the key to that team is the more they lean on Pollard, the better off they're going to be. They have a higher ceiling with him for sure. 100%. Big question is going to be is what is Mike McCarthy going to do to them? That's, that's the X factor, right? Like People always talk about like, oh, like Stephen A. Smith, love him, but he always shuts in the Cowboys. And he's like, just wait. Like Dallas will – They'll be Dallas. They'll show you who they are. And he often thinks it's Jerry or it was Romo back in the day, but now it's Mike McCarthy. He's going to do something stupid. (laughs) We've seen that plenty of times. We've seen that plethora. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Dallas doesn't scare me. I mean, I don't think they're in the same tier as Arizona and, and us personally. I said this like two episodes ago. If we have to go to one team in the playoffs, where would I pick? Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I stand Dallas. behind that. Definitely Dallas. At least of the top tier teams. Yeah. Because, I mean, Tampa would be crazy. And if we have to go to Arizona and play Colt McCoy, I feel better about Kyler Murray than Colt McCoy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Colt McCoy's been a career journeyman in the NFL, which is Devin's thing. Yeah. I think he's played like eight or 10 years, probably has like under 10 starts. He's probably got more than that. Okay, he hasn't started a game besides a this year in a while. Yeah, I didn't know right. he was still in the league. Yeah, neither did I, honestly. And we'll see what the Rams are, right? I mean, they're the other big contender, and it's kind of funny that we're going in opposite directions, right? The Rams just had a bye week, and they have, like, three guys on their injury report, and now, like, every single Packer is hurt. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this is it's a key matchup. It's a very big game. And if we get the win when we're this banged up and they're not, like, that shows some dominance. And if we beat, you know, two out of the three other top contenders in the NFC with this injury streak that we've had, I mean, I'm feeling really good about us. As am I. As am I. At this point, the bye cannot come fast enough. Like, we just have to get there. Mm -hmm. And I hate bye weeks as a fan, right, because I hate not being able to watch the Packers play. But good Lord, do we need it. Hopefully we can get some people back. I mean, I don't want to get too hopeful but Bach could definitely be back after the bye week maybe maybe z i, I don't know about jair yeah, there's but, no news about jair which is not encouraging not at all but even if we get some of these these smaller injuries back you know even if gary's back after the bye that kind of thing gary might be back this week that would be great i'm not gonna hold my breath but saying, i saw i saw he he's looking like 
he could, but he did that last week too. Jones is playing or practicing this week as well, which honestly, yeah, he's one. I was like, oh. I might sit him. Yeah, keep him. Keep him on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that one. Just yet, let Dylan get twenty carries. It's fine. Even if we don't run the ball fifteen times last week, <laughs> that would be nice to see. Twenty carries for Dylan would definitely help help with the Packers and my fantasy team. If I'm being selfish, same. Yeah, he's on my team too. That, that'd be helpful. He's on two of mine, so let's go. Because we invest in our players. I actually generally don't. This year we invest in our players. I think it's it's a bias thing as an owner, right? You know, do you and feel they are our guys? They are literally our guys. I mean, we're kind of in charge of them in, in a very roundabout way. Can you see it's gone to Luke's head? Are you guys <laughs> picking up on that, or is that just me here? This is just uh, twenty years of experienced ownership over there. That's what that is. You're you're new to it. You'll only you'll get there. eighty more. And you'll be at Virginia McCaskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an old joke, Virginia. You're that is, old. That is an old joke. Hey, Virginia's doing fine. It's it's literally everyone else. That sucks. Is it? What kind of analysis does she have? Does she prefer she's cover like, three or cover like, four? Let her be old, Devin. Let her I'm, be old. The fact that she's still out there going to games is incredible. Does she prefer cover one robber or cover zero? I don't know. Maybe we should ask her at the next owners meeting. We'll see. Let's see if she's there. <laughs> Other thoughts for this Rams game? Other thoughts about NFL stuff in general? I think that's all I got right now. That's all you got? Yeah. All right. Well, I think last week I was not as boisterous as I have been for other wins. Maybe I use the word trap game. I just want to make Mm -hmm. sure before this tough Rams game that I am identifying this is a very tough opponent. Very. I am not expecting an easy win. I don't think we're going to run through them. I think this is going to be a real challenge because if I talk any level of shit about the opponent whatsoever, (laughs) we lose and I'm not happy. So I respect you, Rams. It's going to be a great game. It is. You have a lot of talent. But let's see LaFleur's ingenuity and what we can do on offense. I want to see Matt LaFleur beat Sean McVay. And I want to see Eric Stokes take his manhood back. It's going to be hard against Cooper Cup, but I'm looking forward to it. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what he has against Cooper Cup. That's a great saying, Devin. I wonder where I got it from. (laughs) Not just me. All righty, folks. Well, again, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I want to thank you for tuning in to us yet again for another episode. Until next week, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.